and I'll see where the Lord leads us. In the late 1800s, there was a certain man born in Budapest who became fascinated with magic to the point that he became famous worldwide for his daring and spectacular escape acts. This man's acts were so daring that he also asked the local police to help him in some of these acts. Just so he couldn't escape, he asked them to search him just to make sure that he didn't have any tools on him that could assist him in setting himself free. The officer in charge, as I just said, would would search this man just to make sure. Amen. And guess what? This particular man was able to set himself free every time. He was able to escape. This man, who travelled the US in the, in the early 1900s, constantly opened, opened the ante from the norm to handcuffs to straitjackets, and then being locked inside water tanks that were filled with water to the brim. What makes this story so interesting is that this particular man, who was born in Budapest, was only able to escape because of his great ability to pick locks and his great strength. In 1912, if you haven't guessed already, Harry Houdini performed his greatest and most daring act ever, which was the Chinese water torture cell. This daring act would be the hallmark, the pinnacle point of Houdini's entire career as an escape artist. Houdini was suspended upside down by his feet. Just imagine this just for a moment. This man is hanging upside down. He's just about to be placed into the water. His hands are not free, but they are bound. Amen? And he, he had to hold his breath for three minutes. Who can hold their breath for two? Oh, we're in trouble. We're all going to drown. Praise the Lord, it's not me in that water tank. This daring performance was the greatest act that Houdini ever performed. People loved it so much that it remained in his performances unto his death in 1926. Houdini may have been good at picking locks and being able to free himself from handcuffs, straitjackets and water tanks, but Houdini is still in the grave today. He's still in the grave today. We don't need to know how to pick locks if we want to be set free. I want to remind somebody, all of us, all we need is Jesus. All we need is Jesus. He's the one that can set us free. The way to freedom, my friends, has already been provided for you and also for me. And I'm glad that I know the way to freedom. I don't want to be in bondage. I don't want to be in that place where I cannot look up, but I want to look at my Savior when He returns for me. When men and women break the law in today's society, they are brought before the judge and then they are sentenced accordingly for whatever crime or offenses they have committed. Some are just given a warning and then let, let go free. But some, sometimes the offender will have to pay a fine of some sort for the offences or the offence that they have committed. When the law has been broken, the offender will have to pay for his actions. God paid our price for us 
when we broke the law. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some that break the law are thrown into jail to pay for their crime. Some are sentenced to many years behind bars for the crimes that they have committed. Some get their sentences shortened through obtaining parole. And some do not. Some that break the law have to serve the entire sentence behind steel bars, walking back and forth in a six-by-eight white jail cell. And if you're lucky, you may have a window with a view. But behind that window, there are steel bars to stop us from escaping. Hallelujah. There are also many in the world today, including Christians, who are still living in their six-by-eight-feet prison cell. These are those who refuse to acknowledge their great need for God's intervention in their life. They have this thought, she'll be right, mate. I've got plenty of time. She'll be right, mate. I'll go to church next week. Next week might not become. The day after is not promised to us, but today is the day of salvation. We may need to make sure that our election is sure today. Those that have that mindset are in a very dangerous place. Many refuse to acknowledge their sinful state so that the point that they harden their heart and continue to walk a road of bondage and despair. So with that thought in mind, I want to preach on this thought. No matter what. No matter what. No matter what life throws at us, we must not quit. Neither allow ourselves to be brought under the power of anything that will harm destroy, weaken our walk with God in any form or any way. If you decided to follow Jesus, follow Jesus. If you don't want to follow Jesus, sit down in the grubs. Take it easy. But I'm telling you, our God's coming back. And if you're not ready to meet Him, he's, you're going to stay in those grubs. But those that have prepared their hearts, those that have the oil burning within their life, are going to be with the Lord forevermore. Are you ready to meet the Lord? No matter what life throws at you, you need to make sure that you're ready to meet the Lord. Many of us have come too far to just give up and throw in the towel. We must endure if we, want to, if we desire to walk those streets of gold. There is no reward for quitting, my friends, but there is a reward, a, a reward waiting for those who cross the finish line. Hallelujah. No matter what people may say or do to us, we must be saved at all costs. Your soul and my soul was purchased and paid for in full by blood. Jesus shed his blood that we can all be free. No matter what happens to us in this life, we must hold our course. There is a place awaiting called heaven. I want to go to heaven. When Paul came to Philippi, he was met by a certain woman that had an unclean spirit that kept yelling out. She wanted people to know who Paul and Silas were. These men, she said, these are the servants of the Most High God. And they announce to all of us this day the way of salvation. When you think about this, this woman was telling the truth. 
Paul and Silas were servants of the Most High God as they did make known the way of salvation even before they entered into Philippi in Acts 16.15, Lydia and her whole household were converted. Whatever Paul did, he preached Jesus Christ. He believed what he preached to the point that souls were saved. Hallelujah. Paul and Silas were preachers of the gospel of Christ. It's amazing that this evil spirit recognized who Paul and Silas were, but those that were in the city of Philippi didn't. It didn't take very long until Paul got annoyed with this woman calling out continually that he cast out this evil spirit. Then the trouble started. When this woman's master knew the hope of their income was no more, it enraged them to the point that they came upon Paul and Silas and brought them unto the rulers. Instead, they should have recognized that this was proof of divine power and that Paul and Silas were indeed servants of the Most High God. Her masters were more worried about filling their pockets. Paul and Silas were beaten severely by an angry mob that came upon them, that they found themselves cast into the inner prison, the dungeon, just for casting out this evil spirit. Their legs were placed in stocks and they were bound firmly as the keeper didn't want them to escape after receiving such a charge. Stocks are two large pieces of wood which sit on top of each other. I would have had a picture for you, but I couldn't find a, a good enough to show you. So you just have to believe me for what I'm saying. Amen? Praise God. They sit on top of each other. There is a cutout which holds the wrists. One, one piece of wood holds the wrist. It's cut out with a little, goes along and out like that. And your wrist goes through and then there's another piece of wood that goes on top. Exactly the same. It was to hold prisoners so they could not move in a position. Paul and, and Silas were, were, were cast in the, in the prison and their feet were fastened in the stocks. Amen. Stocks were used by the jailer for torturing and punishing prisoners. This type of device held the prisoner in one position which brought about much discomfort and pain to the prisoner. If the apostles had just been beaten and then cast into prison and then bound in this way, imagine with me just for a moment. Think about the agony they must have been experiencing and the feeling at that very moment. Maybe they were laying on their backs on a cold prison floor with beaten backs. They were beaten with rods. They were beaten by an angry mob. Their mouths may have been swollen by, by the beating that they have just received. Maybe one of their noses was broken. Maybe it was hard for them to, to, uh, to, to breathe because of the beating. Maybe they were feeling sorry for themselves. I don't know about you, but when you're beaten by a mob, I know I haven't been, but I thank God for that. Amen. But you can imagine the state that they were in. And then they were cast into prison, into the dungeon, the innermost part. Their feet were fastened in stocks so they couldn't move because they didn't want them to escape. Hallelujah. Maybe Paul and Silas felt like giving up. 
You ever felt like that? Amen. Throwing in the towel and walking away from the promises of God. I can picture Paul looking over at Silas and saying to him, Silas, Jesus is with us. He will deliver us. Really, Paul? Silas is saying, look where we are right now. We're going to need a miracle to get out of here. Maybe it was Paul who started to sing a song of praise. Then Silas eventually joined in after a while. Their voices getting louder and louder and louder until the whole prison heard them. Then suddenly, there was a great earthquake. God heard their praises. God heard their praises. God didn't just open the prison doors, but He opened all the prison doors to the point that all the shackles fell off every prisoner in that place. We don't need to be bound. We don't need to be shackled. God has set us free. If you've been set free tonight, you are free indeed. You're not in chains of slavery no more. No matter what, you've got to believe God. Hallelujah. Paul and Silas had a no matter what moment. No matter what I experience in this life, Paul might have said, I will praise the Lord when I'm on the mountaintop or whether I'm in the valley. No matter what, I will shout unto God with the voice of triumph. No matter what, I will lift my hands in worship because He alone is worthy of my praise. Hallelujah. Why don't we just clap our hands under the Lord just for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to remind somebody in this place tonight, you don't have to remain in your prison cell your entire life. Even the iron bars couldn't stop God from opening the prison doors for Paul and Silas. In their eyes, they were in prison. But in God's eyes, they were already free. They are already free. And you are already free. You don't have to stay in that prison cell anymore. There is a song that we sing here. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. Why should I be bound? Why should I be bound? I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Why should I be bound? You've got power, church. You've got power, brothers. You've got power, sisters. You can make it. You can overcome. You can have a no matter what experience in your life tonight. Because Jesus is with you. Jesus is in you. Jesus will never leave you. Jesus will never forsake you. But He's with you from the beginning until the end. We can count on Jesus. Praise God. When Joseph was betrayed and sold into slavery by his brothers, he was taken to Egypt by the Midianites or the Ishmaelites in two different chapters where Potiphar brought Joseph for a sum of money. It didn't take Potiphar very long to recognize that, that God was with this young man called Joseph. It didn't take very long for Joseph to find favor in the sight of Potiphar either. But it didn't take very long for us for a certain situation to arise where Joseph's life, where he had to make a decision. Where he had to make a decision. Amen. Hallelujah. Joseph became falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Because Potiphar's wives were upon this man. Potiphar's wife wanted 
young Joseph. Brothers and sisters have nothing to do with evil, but flee from it. Run from it. Get away from it. Don't have anything to do with it. It will destroy your walk with God and it will take away your no, your no matter what experience with God tonight. Hallelujah. Joseph is cast into prison. He could have blamed God for his dilemma, but he didn't. He maintained a right spirit and a right attitude. He kept on track serving God. No matter what comes our way, we must maintain a right attitude. Keep your heart right in the sight of God and in the sight of man. No matter what we experience, we must not become bitter. Get it out. Get it out. Allow God to sweeten your bitterness, to take it away once and for all. Hallelujah. Joseph had a no matter what experience He overcame that situation because God was with him all the way. It was God that got Joseph out of prison because at the end of all this, Joseph was able to say to all his brothers that mistreated him, that that did the wrong by him, that cast him into a pit, that sold him to, to, to the Midianites, and then they took him down to Egypt. He was able to say, Be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God did send me to preserve life. Jesus could have become bitter with all of those that rejected Him over the centuries. But He endured the cross for the joy that was set before Him. Jesus, God sent Jesus to preserve our life. He came to set the captives free. He came to set the sinner free from their prison cell. Amen? The Apostle Paul, the one who had the incredible, incredible Damascus Road experience, the man who preached to the Gentiles the way of salvation, the words that he pre- pre- uh, preached, he totally believed. Paul was beaten, whipped, stoned, pursued by his own countrymen, shipwrecked, was bitten by a venomous snake, There was no hospital on that certain island that he was shipwrecked. But God said you have to be shipwrecked on a certain island. Only those who were called the barbarians. Webster defines barbarian as originally as an alien or foreigner in the ancient world. Applied especially to non-Greeks, non-Romans or non-Christians. This group of people called the barbarians just watched Paul to see if he was just going to blow up and drop dead. Nice people. I really want to be on that island. I think not. Amen. But Paul shook it off in the fire and no harm came to him. And they changed their minds and they thought that Paul was a god. All this happened on his way to Rome only to find himself cast into a prison when he arrived. This is where Paul spent the rest of his life until he was put to death. Paul didn't allow this prison cell stop him from writing 13 epistles of the New Testament. But he continued to do the will of the Lord, regardless of the environment that he was in. Paul had a no matter what experience. He said to himself, no matter what I am determined to finish my course. 
I have kept the faith. No matter what happens to me, I will keep my heart in check just in case when I have preached to others, I myself might become a castaway. We need to stay on course, church. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Keep your heart right with God. Don't allow bitterness to make you lose your soul over a little spilt milk. Mop it up. Get back on track and keep walking. Keep walking. Jesus is coming back. Are you ready to meet the Lord tonight? Hallelujah. Peter also knew what it was like to be pursued by those who worked evil against him. We find Herod has just beheaded James, the bishop of Jerusalem, and now wants to do the same to Peter because it pleased the crowd. They loved to see people get their heads chopped off. They, they enjoyed that. don't know about you, but I, I don't think I'd be able to stomach that. I'd have to get away from that. But because of the, the Easter festival that was in progress, Herod commands to have Peter held in their prison cell until after the festival has finished. Peter is guarded by 16 Roman soldiers bound with chains between two of these soldiers. In the natural sense, there was just no way of Peter getting out of there by his own devices. But there was a group of brethren, brothers and sisters, praying for this man's release. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters, church. We need to lift them up before the Lord in prayer. They need your prayers. Our pastor needs your prayers. Then suddenly, a light shined from heaven into that place where Peter was bound. The angel of the Lord woke him up and commanded him to get up immediately. And the chains fell off Peter. And he walked out of that place like he had the key to every door. Every door opening to itself on its own accord. Peter had a no matter what experience that day also. When he came to himself, he knew without a doubt that the angel of the Lord had delivered him from that place and from the hand of Herod. Hallelujah. Where are you living right now? Are you still living in your six by eight prison cell? I want to ask you that. Are you really, truly free tonight? Are you in that place where God wants you to be? Or are we striving to get to where God wants us to be? Hallelujah. Your prison cell, your shackles may not be literal, but it may be spiritual. Maybe you're held back by the voice of your past. Not one person has to leave tonight wearing their old prison clothes. As the way of escape has already been provided for you and for me. Jesus is the way, the truth and the light. Houdini was the greatest escape artist to ever live. But every time he performed one of his acts, he had to free himself. But we have Jesus who is able to free us and to set us free once and for all. If we allow him, Jesus has freed all those that have taken advantage of his way. All of us are guilty of death. We deserve to die. The payment of sin is death for everyone that has broken the law. We are guilty as charged. The only way to get out of prison is to repent, turn away, make it right with God and keep walking. First John verses, uh, 
chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 and 10 says, If we say that we have no sin, I'm a good person. I don't do anything wrong. If I say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. And Second John says, My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if, you, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. We have a God who became our advocate. He took our place. He came alongside us. He, he took, he took our, our penalty for what we've done. What a God. What a God. We deserve to die, but yet He came along and says, I will take that punishment for that child tonight. I will allow him to go free, but I will take that penalty of death upon me. Hallelujah. Jesus. Someone needs to realize that they have not been condemned by Jesus tonight. But Jesus wants somebody here to have a no matter what experience. Hallelujah. Let go of the hurts. Let go of the unforgiveness and bitterness that you carry from the past. Resentment is like cancer. It will eat you from the inside out. We are too close to the return of the Lord to hold on to the things that eat away at our precious soul. Let it go. It's not worth it. If it can keep you out of heaven, it's not worth holding on to and losing your soul for it. Let it go, church, whatever it is. Whoever the Spirit's speaking to tonight, let it go. He that the Son sets free is free indeed. No matter what comes into my life and into your life, we must forgive others. We must, otherwise our Heavenly Father will not forgive you. You've got to make it right. No matter what, I will not be brought under the power of anything. Whatever it is, Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, he gave a list of different things. Don't allow sin to have dominion over you. God has set you free. Don't go back to the miry clay, but allow God to keep you washed and smick so you're clean and white and washed in the blood of the Lamb because Jesus is coming back. And I want to, no matter what experience tonight, I want Him to break some chains in my life. No matter what, Lord, you can count on me. I'm going to serve the Lord. No matter what, I'm going to allow the Holy Ghost to flow through me again and again. God needs vessels. Are you wanting to be a vessel for the Lord tonight? If somebody wants to be a vessel, I want you to stand. If somebody here wants to be a vessel for God, I just want you to stand. No matter what, I will pray for revival in the hearts of my brothers and sisters. Revival starts in your heart first and then it will infect, it will manifest itself in this church and these walls will not be able to contain what God wants to do. He wants to release a miracle in the midst of His people tonight. He wants us to have a no matter what experience. When Paul and Silas broke out, many, many were changed, many received what they had to say. Souls were saved. God is looking for vessels. 
God does not want us to stay the same. No matter what life throws at me, I'm going to shake it off in Jesus' name. Sister Sedenka, there's a story I, I shared. I shared. Brother, I need you, please. Brother Matthew. Matthews. And Brother Moses, I need some. Brother George, I need you too, brother. Brother Jonathan and Brother, brother Fiston. Just come and stand up the front. I'm going to share this story that I shared at, at the men's uh, camp. Turn, you can turn and face them. Beautiful young men. Amen. There was this, there was this farmer. He had this uh, donkey. And uh, this donkey had somehow fallen down a well. And this particular farmer didn't want to get this donkey out of the well. So he said to himself, well, the best thing to do is I'll get my friends to come over and we'll just shovel the dirt in the well and bury the donkey alive. So the farmer goes and gets the donkey, uh, gets the people, sorry, and they get their shovels and then they get a shovel of dirt and they flick it into the well. And the donkey's crying. However, a donkey makes, you know, whatever it is. He makes some noise. But he's upset. He's screaming because he knows what's happening. He realizes that these guys are throwing dirt on him. They want to bury this man. And then another shovel load goes down. And another. And another. And then all of a sudden, the donkey goes quiet. There is no noise. So the farmer wants to investigate. He goes and has a look. He looks down to see what the donkey's doing. Every time the farmer and, and the rest of the men threw a, a shovel of dirt down there, the donkey was doing something wonderful, something spectacular. The donkey would go, can you guys shake for a moment? Just shake. Every time the, 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 the dirt fell down the, down the well and landed on the, bo- the donkey's back, shake, guys. They sh- the donkey shook it off. And this is what he did. He took a step up. The next shovel of dirt went down. Shake again, go us one more time. They shook it. The donkey took another step up. And eventually, eventually he came out of the well and tr- trotted off happily. What I want you to understand in this story is whatever life throws at us, We must shake it off. We must not allow things to hold us down. We must remember the no matter what experiences that we've had with Jesus Christ. The day that He came into your life is a no matter what experience. He set you free right then. He took you out of that place called the prison cell. He broke the chains for you and I. Hallelujah. Lead us, Sister Sedenka, in something. Thank you, brothers.